Welcome to the Faith Assembly Podcast. We're so glad that you joined us today. It is our desire at Faith to help you connect, grow, and go in your walk with God. We hope you're encouraged by this message from Pastor Steve. God is doing some amazing things in this place, and He is not finished yet. Amen? Amen. Well, we are so privileged to be here with you this morning, and uh, we are also privileged um, to introduce to you, it's really not an introduction, Uh, he is one of our own, he teaches our Bible study, but we are excited to have with us today uh, Mr. Daniel Allette to bring the word, yes, so give him a hand this morning. Uh, Daniel, I believe that God has has something for this day, for this time, for this moment that he is going to speak through you. Um, and so one more time, let's give him a, a warm, I don't want to say welcome, but hand of applause for, for one of our own, Daniel. Love you, man. Love you too, brother. Amen. Well, good to see everybody this morning. Everybody made it through and uh, Pursuk going to the beach right now, I guess. Maybe afterwards we'll kind of get there, right? Thank God for two services, you know. You still kind of yeah. be flexible and still feel, not feel as guilty, you know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm so glad to be here this morning. Always a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord. Thank you for the opportunity, Pastor Steve, and they delayed departing for their, their, their vacation, and he's present with us. Let's give the, our pastors, senior pastors, uh, a round of applause <laughs> as we honor them. Amen. And I am excited, always excited. Obviously, uh, Pastor Trey, thank you for that wonderful welcome. Uh, I am responsible for conducting our midweek service, our midweek uh, Wednesdays in the Word. Randy, Wednesdays, right? Wednesdays in the Word. We have a, a fabulous time, uh, Wednesdays, Wednesdays in the Word, sharpening each other and, and so forth. So I um, encourage you to come to that as well. Also, uh, something else I, I do, I'd like to mention that to, to you as well, is I do a little uh, prison ministry. All right, with uh, representing our church at the Youth Detention Center. And if you're interested in joining the prison ministry, I guarantee you have a good time seeing these little lives change and pour into them and see little hearts, you know, broken. I can imagine what Pastor Brandon was exp- explaining up here that uh, he experienced last week with the kids and seeing them being broken before God um, is just an, a, a wonderful thing. Amen? Amen? Am I getting an echo? Am I okay? Okay. All right, so with that, I um, again have the, the awesome opportunity to share the word this morning and uh, promise you I won't be, be long, and that means usually when a person says that, they're prepping you, right? <laughs> they're preparing you for something good, amen. And to, today, as Pastor mentioned to me, said, Daniel, I'd like you to preach for me on, you know, today is we, we represent, tomorrow is the uh, uh, 4th of July, the Independence Day, and we represent, represents the freedom that we have. And um, I'm so glad we didn't converse as to what to, the songs to sing prior to me bringing the message, but they were so relevant to what we're going to be talking about today. And that is the, the believers, the Christian believer posture uh, in a day of persecution, right? And normally when we look at persecution, we don't look at persecution from the vantage point of uh, 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 like in the Bible days, in Bible days they were beheaded, they were sword in two, they were, they were, you know, boiled in hot oil and all that type of thing. They were stoned, right? I can imagine what it would be like if we say, well, you know, if we, we, we step foot in the, in the house of the Lord that we'd be stoned to death. It's pretty serious, right? Or if we wear our, our, our Christian paraphernalia, we, we are driven out of the city. 
That's pretty serious. Now, that's the, what we consider persecution. But we want to look at persecution a little bit different uh, as it re re relates, because it's still the same. We are promised that in this life we'll have those, the, the, those trials and persecutions as Christians. And if you're a Christian and you're not going through some type of persecution, you got to be concerned a little bit because you're maybe you're not rubbing anybody the wrong way. Obviously, the, hell is, hell, uh, the world is going to hell in this handbasket, and we want to intercept that, right? We are agents that will intercept that, which means there's a burden, there's a, there's a, there's a weight on our shoulders as Christians. Am I speaking to the right crowd this morning? All right, okay. Everything we do in this life comes with a cost. Where we live, what we drive, Somebody say amen, what we drive, amen, comes with a cost, especially now with the prices of gas, right? How we live, it all has a cost associated with it, right? It costs us our singleness to remain married to our lovely spouses. The married people say amen. No, the married people say amen again. Amen. It costs us our singleness, but that's okay. It's well worth the cost, right? Amen. We have to forsake selfishness being married, we have to forsake selfishness. We have to give up our independence, uh, share our finances, be transparent, vulnerable, and continuously give of ourselves in order to produce a harmonious and live in harmony with our spouse and produce longevity in our lives, right, in our marriages. And no, this is not a, a message on marriages, uh, but the, my point is that anything worth fighting for comes with a cost. Anything worth fighting for, it comes with a cost. Our freedom in this country came with a cost, right? Someone had to be courageous enough, watch this, to stand up, speak up for us in spite of what it might have cost them. It came with a cost. That's why we celebrate. We took a day out, and we celebrate tomorrow as Independence Day. Speaks a lot. People leave third world countries, I'm, I'm a witness, to come to this United States because of the freedom that we enjoy but it came with a cost. Raising our family comes with a cost. All the parents say amen. Yep, as parents, we, we, we have to make sacrifices. Watch this. Not always enjoying some of the luxuries of life in order to raise our kids and launch them successfully. Pastor spoke about it last week when he said, children are heritage from the Lord, Psalm 127. And the fruit of the womb, watch this, is a reward. Like arrows are in the hands of an archer or a warrior, so are children born to your youth. We can all agree, watch this, that shooting an arrow takes what? Precision and accuracy. Oops. Takes precision and accuracy. I'll get you in a minute. We have to be calculated and focused and intentional, watch this, to hit the bullseye. My son just took archery class recently. I took one in college, and it's no... You, you, got, you, you think you got it, but you got to do it just like the instructors say do it, or you would hit and miss the target. It takes precision. It takes accuracy. It takes focus. You got to be calculated and intentional in order to hit the bullseye. Likewise, raising a family, excuse me, raising a family requires us to be fully engaged. You can't raise a family if you're not fully engaged. You know, it costs something to be a parent, and the parents say Amen. It does, it does cost something to raise children, raise them right, right? That's right. That too is not a message on parenting, but again, it's clear that it comes with a cost. Everything we do in life comes with a cost, either in a positive or in a negative. If we pick up habits 
Watch this, that'll take a lifetime to break, that comes with a cost. If we pick up good habits that would launch us in success, watch this, that came with a cost. You look at Olympic uh, uh, athletes, that, come, that, that level of competition, of, uh, 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 it comes with a cost. They can't operate and function like a commoner. They can't live, they can't eat, they can't do the same things as a commoner, but guess what? In the long run, it pays, it pays, it pays for itself. Excellence may cost a lot, but it pays for itself, right? Well, it is clear that uh, beyond, going beyond the natural, our spiritual freedom, that too, our salvation, that is, came with a cost. Although we recognize it as a free gift, someone had to pay the, the price for the gift to be, be available to us. Jesus said, greater love had no man than this, than a man to what? Lay down his life for his friends. Paul resounding the same message that he, he made in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25, when he said, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself for it. The dying of self, giving of yourself. It's, even the, it's, a, it's a pleasure to be married, but you gotta give up some stuff. It's well worth it, right? You gotta give up some stuff. He gave himself for it, right? This may sound contradicting to some, but watch this. Although it didn't cost us anything, it will cost us everything. Say that again. Although it didn't cost us anything, Jesus paid it, paid it all. The songwriter says, all to him we owe. Sin left the crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. But there is a responsibility that we have. I can't get no amens in the house. Everybody a little quiet on me. I know, we'll get the burgers in a little while and hot dogs and stuff after a while. You'll be able to enjoy it. But let, let, let's, let's get this right, right? Yeah. It's contradicting, but it comes with a cost. It does come with a cost, right? Right? If we really want to be Christ's disciples, right? And you know our goal at this church is to do what? Deve develop what? Faithful followers of Jesus Christ. That's discipleship. Disciples. Just talked to Randy recently, and he was just telling me that they're starting and launching a new uh, uh, discipleship, so no one falls through the cracks. Someone will be, it's like a mentorship. And, and why? Because he's care, he cares about being successful as a Christian. Right? Can't expect you to live a certain life if you've never been exposed to it, right? God have exposure. Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 16, verse 24, he says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must do what? First, deny himself, right? And take up his cross and follow me. Verse 25 says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever uh, loses their life for, uh, for me, uh, as it were, will save it. It is clear that what, there come, there, there's a cost that's required for us to pay. Not only there's a cost of total surrender, right? In other words, when you get saved, it's total surrender. You can't say I'm, I'm, you're saved and you still want to hold on to worldly stuff. Am I making sense? Broad is the way for that that leads to destruction. Narrow is the way that leads to eternal life. You got to build now on a different foundation. You got to set yourself on a different foundation. We just sang the song, right? Set ourselves on the foundation, Jesus Christ himself being the foundation that we... So it does require that, right? Not only will it cost us total surrender, but also cost us persecution, the opportunity to be persecuted on account of our connection with Jesus Christ. In 2 Timothy chapter uh, 3, verse 12 and 13, it says, In fact, anyone who wants to live a godly life in Christ will be persecuted. 
I say that again. If anyone, in fact, anyone who wants to live a, a, a godly life in Christ, Jesus will be persecuted. We will suffer persecution for the sake of Christ. And that's, uh, 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 that, that too is not new. The prophets of old uh, dealt with persecution. The minor prophet Daniel, for example, refused to compromise his in a commitment to prayer as a result, and as a result was thrown into the den of lions. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 26, it tells us this, that Moses, by faith, when he was uh, grown, refused to be called a son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose rather to what? Be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. In other words, one, one version might say, enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. We know it comes periodically, right, with a, for a season. He regarded the disgrace for the sake of Christ as greater value than the treasures of Egypt. He regarded the disgrace for Christ uh, uh, than the, the, the treasures that he could have possibly gained in Egypt. Right? Listen to the summary of their story. It's, it's reads in, in, in uh, starting at verse 32 to 37. It says, and what more shall I say? Hebrews chapter 11, verse 32 to 37. What, what more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon and Barak and Samson and Jephthah and David and Samuel and the prophets who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised, who shut the mouths of lions, quenched the fury of the flames, and escaped the edge of the sword, whose weakness was turned to strength, and who became powerful in battle and routed many foreign armies. Women received their deaths back to, uh, uh, back to, to, to life again, raised to life again. There, they were uh, others who were tortured, refusing to be what? To be released so that they might gain a better resurrection. Some faced jeers and floggings and even chains and imprisonments. They were put to death by stoning. They were sword in two. They were killed by the sword. Went about in sheepskin and goatskin, destitute, persecuted and mistreated. We can all agree they faced severe rejection and persecution. But that's not new. Rejection is a difficult thing to deal with. Somebody ought to say amen. Very difficult to deal with. No, nobody wants to be rejected. In fact, people go through all sorts of measures to avoid rejection. Money spent on things they don't need to impress people that they might not even care about. All on account of avoiding rejection. We pick up habits. We talked about that earlier. Pick up habits. Might cost a lifetime to break. All on account of being part of, accepted. We join groups that are not godly. Watch this. All to avoid, to feel some sort of acceptance. Don't want to be rejected. Nobody wants to be rejected. We fight tooth and nail so that our kids would make the team, be it the basketball team, softball team, little league team. We fight tooth and nail so that they won't have to experience what it is like to be rejected. We, t we go ex the extra mile, get them some extra tutoring and extra training so they can make the team because you don't want them to have, feel a sense of being re rejected. Well, Jesus knew firsthand what it was like to be rejected. The prophet Isaiah spoke prophetically about this rejection that he would face in Isaiah 53, verse, verse 3. It says this, he was despised and rejected by mankind, a man of suffering and familiar with pain. Watch this. 
Like one from whom people hid their faces, he was despised. He, we, we held him in low esteem. Again, referring to the time in the future when uh, Jesus would experience rejection at his, his crucifixion, the psalmist wrote this in Psalm 22, verse 6 and 7. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by everyone, despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Sounds like rejection. More relevant, in, in, as he walked the earth in, in, in John 1, verse 12, it says this, that he came to his own, and his own received him not. But to them that did receive him, he gave power, the ability, the right to become the sons of God as those who would be believing his name. He was the stone that the builders rejected in, in, in uh, 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 7, that became the chief cornerstone. Although rejected, didn't understand the funniest thing is how God operates. You know, the Bible tells us that God resists the proud. He gives grace to the humble. Watch this. Jesus exemplified that when he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. And God highly exalted him, giving him a name above every name that at the name of Jesus, every knee would bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord. Watch this. He went from a being a reject now to the one, be the one that confers the blessing on us. Yeah, we are blessed. We build on the foundation of Jesus Christ being the, the rock that we stand. We just sang the song. Yes, sir. Right? He's not only uh, continued, uh, uh, cautioned us, excuse me. He not only cautioned us, he set the example for us on how we ought to deal with rejection and persecution. The author of Hebrews tells us this, that we should keep our focus. Remember, we can't hit that bullseye unless we focus. We got too many distractions in this world. So many things come to distract us. Just plan on reading and having a good devotional life. Watch this. You'll be surprised how many dis distractions would come to get you off kilter, to get you off key before you know it. And then guess what? Sometimes distractions come and someone will tell you, oh, you don't have to do that today. I just, you know. When you want to be on fire, listen, when something is worth fighting for, it takes precision. It takes decision to, de to listen, half, 99 and a half won't do. Got to be, you know, you say, you're being too hard on yourself. You got to be hard on yourself because, listen, there's a battle within us. Watch this, for the position of dominance. Not the outside forces coming in. I'm talking about within us. The Bible says we wrestle with the, the fight that we have. It's within us. It's, there's a, the Spirit of God working in us to, to, to get us on the cutting edge, keep us on, on the cutting edge. Well, flesh, we fight against the flesh to keep us lazy. Don't want to read. Don't want to study. Don't, man, if I make it to church, I make it. If you see me, you see me. If you don't see me, well, guess what? You ain't going to see me. <laughs> right? Half committed. Am I talking a little bit all right, Ms. Roberta? Half committed. Got to be. Who could count on us? I love Pastor Brandon. Man, you're just an awesome guy, man. You know that? I love the fact that, listen, before he, he, he in, in, uh, in installs someone on his team, he sits down with them, have a cup of coffee, over a cup of coffee or a little meal or something, and he tells them what's, what it's going to require of them. You can't just come on the team, just hang out. This is not a, hang, no, this is not. You're going to be on this team. You're going to make sure you, and watch this. It pays off. They could come back with, with, with testimony that they're, they're winners. They're on top. They, they represent well because, listen, you set the pace. You set the example. Jesus did it for us. You set the example. Your kids will become just like you if you, well, because you, that's the model that you, they, you look, they're looking at. 
Let that be a good thing. In other words, when you're raising kids, watch this, there's no walk in the park. You can't just haphazardly do it. You gotta be intentional about what you do. The time we spend, the, the energy, the pouring into them, the late nights, the sleepless nights. That we gotta be make sure, watch this, again, it's not a class on, a, a message on parenting, but it takes dedication. Because that's the next generation that we're raising. And we gotta be intentional about that and be, be focused about it, amen? Hebrews said this, uh, uh, the, the author of Hebrews said this, therefore, Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 to, to 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us, what, throw off everything and the, that hinders and the, the sin that so easily entangles or beset us. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of faith. For the joy set before, uh, uh, before him, he endured the cross, scorning the, its, its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition for sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Right? He set the way. He set the examples for us. Right? What should we, our, our posture be as Christians? What should, should our stance be? We should understand that we live in a fallen world that is getting worse by the day. It's getting worse, getting worse, getting worse. Nothing stays the same. Getting worse by the day. Paul gives us the, uh, 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 Timothy a, a, a little heads up, as it were, in, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1 to 5, it says this, but understand this, that in the last days there will come times of difficulty. One, one version said perilous times will come. Perilous sounds more like a little scary, you know? Ooh, perilous times times of difficulty, people will be lovers of self, lovers of money, proud, arrogant, abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, heartless, unappeasable, slanderous, without self-control, brutal, not wanting a loving good, treacherous, reckless. I mean, he's going on and on and on. Can he get any worse? Swollen with conceit, prideful, prideful, right? Come on. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Pleasure now becomes their little G-O-D. Pleasure becomes their God. They do anything for pleasure. COVID hit us real hard. Everybody was locked up. Guess what? They couldn't, people couldn't wait to get to the bars. <laughs> Looking for some pleasure, right? Pleasure become their God. Having the appearance of godliness. But watch this. They're really impostures. Watch this. They deny the power thereof. It says avoid such people because there's a tendency, watch this, to become like who you hang around. Avoid such people. Why? Because they can, that, that behavior, those attitudes can infiltrate the best of Christians. We got to watch it. We got to guard our hearts. In Bible study, we just finished a little a series on guarding our hearts, guarding ourselves against those things, Right? Give them a heads up. So avoid such people. Number two, firstly, again, we understand that we live in a fallen world, so we won't be surprised. Number two, we shouldn't be surprised when ostracized and rejected. In 1 Peter chapter 2, chapter 4, excuse me, verse 12 to 14, it says this. Beloved, don't be surprised at the fiery trials when it comes upon you to test you. I like that the word test simply because there's no way you could tell a person that has gotten the message unless they, they take a test and pass the test. You can't say, yeah, I'm proficient in this uh, subject. No, let's see how proficient you are when you pass that test. Test is coming, right? <laughs> yep, and it's coming. 
right? Don't be surprised with trials that come to test you as though something strange were happening. Watch this. But rejoice insofar as you share in Christ's suffering that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed. That seems like it's contrary. Like, I'm insulted, I'm blessed? Doesn't seem right, right? Look, look at this. John chapter 5, verse, verse 11, it says this. Blessed are you when, when people will insult you and persecute you. Not John, that's Matthew chapter 5. Matthew chapter 5, verse 11. Blessed are you when people will insult you and persecute you and falsely say all kinds of evil against you uh, because of me. Rejoice, he said, and be exceedingly glad. And be, for great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets which were before you. It's nothing new. It's nothing new. You who live, would, would live a godly life can expect to be persecuted. Chapter, John chapter 15, verse 18 to 22, Jesus said this. He says, if the world hates you, guess what? Keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, guess what? It would love you as its own. And we know how that goes. All you got to do is side with the world. That's all you have to do. And you're good. You're good in there. Don't, don't, don't rub them the wrong way. Don't, don't, don't challenge them on things that are wrong. And you, man, you'll be the best friend of the world. Endorse what they do, and guess what? Even a little bit endorsing what they do, and guess what? You you on their side. You would be you. Would, they would love you. They would you know? Yeah, you're a good guy. You're you good good Christian. In reality, you don't line up with what the Word of God says. That's not a good Christian. A good Christian speaks the truth in love. Am I making sense, Bob? Speaks the truth in love, right? Now you don't condemn. No, we love everybody. Love is what unconditional acceptance. Love is divine confrontation. There are two sides to it, right? We accept everybody. Guess what? But guess what? If you're wrong, please tell me I'm wrong. I got a little something on my side of my nose somewhere along the line that made me don't look so good. Please let me know something because I'll be embarrassed. You know what I'm saying? That's not love. You speak the truth in love. You kind of nudge them, say, check that out. Give them a tissue, you know? Yeah? Speak the truth in love. It helps out, right? Well, that's on the, that's on the lighter, lighter note, but on a more serious th uh, note, Look, you can't watch somebody going downhill wrong and part of endorsing things that are not right. Redefining marriage. Come on. Redefining marriage. Watch this. When it's written in God's word, how husbands love your wives as Christ loved it. You, you change that and want me to endorse that? That's a no, a big no. I can't do it. Why? It's contrary to the word of God. And I'm not a good Christian. I'm a Christian, a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a disciple. I have to stand accountable to him. So do you, amen? If the world hates you, keep in mind it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. We are the church, the ecclesia, one that are, ones that are called out, Bobby. Listen, we can't live the same way. There's no way we could live the same way. Absolutely not. Watch me. You've broken enough. You discipline yourself to break some of those habits, to break some of that lying, to break that, all that other stuff. The worldliness has to shed. We got to get rid of it. It takes determination, takes focus. Right? Because we're not fooling anybody but ourselves if we don't. It says this, remember that I told you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. So watch this. There's no unrealistic expectation when we get saved. 
get saved and feel like everything goes going, it's going to be skipping through the lilies. No, you're just getting started with stuff being revealed. Oh, my God, I, I, I mean, I, I was de deficient in this area. My goodness, I thought I had it going on. But it becomes real, right? Service not greater than his master. They persecuted me, they will persecute you also. Verse 25, this, but this uh, is to fulfill what is written, written in their law. They hated me without a reason, without a cause. Don't let it surprise us that the days we live in are getting worse. And that's okay because we just sang the song a minute ago. And again, Pastor Trey, you've been on point, sir. I didn't, we didn't talk about this. You asked me, even yesterday, you asked me, can you give me a little heads up what you want to sing? Then I didn't tell him. Watch this. That's okay because this world is not our home. We're sojourners. We're passing through. You see what I'm saying? And we have the greatest one living on, abiding on the inside of us. We have the presence of God, the Holy Spirit himself, abiding on the inside of us. Somebody ought to say amen. 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 Number three, we ought, to, ought not to be surprised about us being persecuted because we view our present situation from a spiritual perspective. Right? Meaning... That we understand that the, the present suffering that we go through are not worth comparing to the glory that will be revealed in us. Romans chapter 8, verse 18. The apostles, when the, uh, uh, they were the, uh, uh, ridiculed and persecuted for the sake of Christ, they were sharing the word. They, man, they were gung-ho, out spreading the good news. They, they, and they were challenged. And you better not speak anymore in the name of Jesus. He said, wait a minute. I'm paraphrasing here. He said, who do we obey? Man, we rather obey God than man. And they said because of that, they were flogged. And they said, here's their response. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, right, before the Sanhedrin, rejoicing they had been counted worthy of, of a suffering disgrace for the name of Jesus. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 4 says this, in verse 12, it says, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. Verse 12 says this, Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. You can only remain steadfast if he's standing on the right foundation. On Christ, this is the foundation that we stand. He is the solid rock we stand. All other ground is sinking sand. Amen? Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial. For when he has stood the test, he will what? Receive the crown of life which God has promised to those that love him. Right? And so, the word of encouragement came from Paul. He wrote in Ephesians chapter 6. He says this, Having done all to stand... You stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. You stand up. Stand. The only way we can stand is because he's enabled us to stand. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 says this. Therefore, my beloved brothers, uh, uh, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. What are we laboring for? What are we standing for? We're standing for truth. We're standing to preserve truth. We are pers preservers of truth. Amen? In Ezekiel, I like what he said in Ezekiel. The prophet Ezekiel tells us in, 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 in uh, Ezekiel chapter 22, starting at verse, 20, uh, verse, at verse 25, no, starting at verse 23, it says this. 
Again, the, the word of the Lord came to me, Son of man, say to the land, you are not a, a land that had not been cleansed or rained on in the day of wrath. There's a conspiracy, there's a conspiracy of her, uh, her princes within her like a roaring lion tearing its prey. They devour people, take treasures and precious things and make many widows within her. Recently in this week, I'll continue here in a minute, this week heard someone say this, is when you say make widows, mean you get rid of men. Be mindful of that. Get rid of men. Silence the brothers. They have not much, don't have much say-so in anything. Silence the guys. And one person in politics recently was saying, let's look up, she was, and I, I, I was four until she came down and she had a little message for the girls. Her mouth came out this. says, you know, little, little girls, here's the message for you, little girls. Right? Uh, the men have been running things for a while, and guess what? They're not doing a good job. And people started applauding. What are you doing to the households that have men leading or to be head of households? Minimizing the respect that, he, he's, that people pay to him because you, you, those little seeds people sow, it's not they sowing. The enemy is behind that kind of stuff. The enemy is behind that kind of stuff. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. Sowing little seeds. Don't reject creating widows within, in, the, in her midst. Why? To get rid of this, the voice of a man, guess what happens? You shut him down. That's not God's intention. Somebody ought to say amen about that. Right? It's not God's intention. Watch this. Her priests do violence to my law and profane my holy things. Watch this. They do not distinguish between the holy and the common. They teach that uh, there is no difference between the unclean and the clean. Now, the, the priests were responsible for offering clean animals. They were responsible for offering sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. Those sacrifices to God offered on behalf of the people was a representative of the perfect lamb, the perfect sacrifice that was to come, right? So it couldn't be a maimed, a blind, or have a, a broken leg. It couldn't be, have defect. It has to be without defect, perfect sacrifice. That was their responsibility. The Bible called it a clean animal versus an unclean animal. One was accepted versus one that was not accepted, right? So they were, they were responsible for making a different, a distinction between the, the sacred, the profane, and the holy. And watch this, and distinguish between, watch this, the holy and the common, and the, uh, uh, the difference between the, the unclean and the clean. And it says that they have not done that. They shut their eyes to the keeping of my Sabbath so that, watch this, my name, I am profane among them. Her officials within her are like wolves tearing their, uh, their prey. They shed blood and uh, kill people uh, with, for unjust gain. Her prophets who are responsible for the bringing the unadulterated message to the land. That's what the voice of a prophet was. Their job was to bring the message of God to the land and it had to be untainted. Her prophets whitewash these deeds they too close their eyes to it for their they for uh, uh, for uh, for them by false visit, uh, visions and lying divinations they say that the sovereign lord has said when the lord has not spoken the people of the land practice extortion and commit robbery and oppress the poor and needy and mistreat the foreigner, denying them justice. He said, I look for someone that would what? Among them that would build up the wall and stand in the gap that I would not destroy the land, but I found none. I don't want that to be our testimony. 
One that in faith assembly you find faithful followers of Jesus Christ that he could count on, he could depend on to reach the world. People that, would, that, that had exemplified true surrender. Randy, we were talking the other day, he gave me a little list. He said, whenever you get a moment to think about this, what does revival look like? And I said, immediately it came on me. Revival looks like total surrender. A people that put their full trust in Jesus Christ. A people that consult with him before making major decisions. That's what total surrender looks like. All to him I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. Right? That's what surrender looks like. Not holding on to the, all areas of our lives surrender. Our, our finances surrendered. What, what, is our, what does it look like? We, you know, it, the cost of everything that we have to deal with, it takes our surrender and our, our, our willingness to be obedient to the word of God to surrender everything. Our relationships, our children, raising our children, our finances, all that we deal with, we surrender all to him. Why? Because he's Lord. He's Lord. We cannot allow the world to redefine the truth that God has outlined in his word. That type of stance will require courage. God told Joshua in Joshua, Joshua chapter 1, verse 8 and 9, it says this, Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you would be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. We end this way. He has some good, good word of encouragement for us. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 10 to 15, it says, You, however, know all about my teaching, my way of life, my purpose, faith, patience, love, endurance, persecutions, sufferings, what kind of things happened to me at Antioch, Iconium, and Lystra, the persecutions I endured, yet the Lord rescued me from them all. In fact, everyone who would live holy in this life for Jesus Christ will be persecuted while evildoers and impostors would go on from bad to worse deceiving and being deceived but as for you O man of God woman of God continue in what you have learned and become convinced of because you have known from those who have learned it and how from infancy you have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Word of encouragement. Now listen, it's all about, that's what it's about, surrender. We want our lives to be better. We got to give up some things that we hold on to. See, all to you, I surrender. Those who are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Lead me in, in, in not only ways that are favorable for me or things that, even the ways that are seemingly uh, 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 inconvenient or uh, uh, comfort, uncomfortable and inconvenient. Lead me in the way. Lead me in the way of righteousness. Lead me in the way. We want to be led by the Spirit of God. We want, we want Him to order our lives. Everything that we do, how we deal with our, our family, how we raise our family, how we deal with our spouses, how we do our jobs, everything. We want to be pleasing to him. We want to have a, a, a representation of total surrender. Amen. My prayer this morning for you and for us is that that will be exemplified in our lives. And as we stand to our feet, as we end our service this morning, 
I want us to think of, want you to think of any, any area in your life that you're feeling that it's in, you're not surrendered. You don't feel like, you know, it, this area needs to be mean, maybe a, a better prayer life. Maybe it's your giving. Maybe it's your devotion. Maybe it's your talking too much. Whatever it is. I want to make sure that we're surrendered. And as I pray, I want you to think that, lift that up to the Lord and say, you know, God, I need you to control this area. I need to be better in this area. I need to be wise in this area, operating in, in wisdom. We hope you enjoyed this inspirational message today. If you would like more information about Faith Assembly, please visit us on the web at faith-assembly.org. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you have a blessed day.